0: Today, I talk with Leona chandra Cruz. She is an assistant professor at the Chair of Information Systems and Innovation at the University of Liechtenstein. Leona's research is motivated by two alluring contradictions. The bright side and the dark side of digital transformation and the known and the unknown in designing for digital transformation. She is passionate about topics that lie at the intersection of entrepreneurship, information systems and psychology such as leadership, design approaches to management, venture creation, and building digital applications to tackle societal challenges. She's, she has published in journals like Journal of the Association for Information Systems, European Journal of Information Systems, Communications of Association for Information Systems. She is an Associate Editor of European Journal of Information Systems and member of the Executive Committee of the Special Interest Group in Pragmatism of the Association for Information Systems. It is design, pragmatism, philosophy, and wine. we talk today with Dr. Chandra Cruzé. We talk about the importance of why question, about philosophical sensing, how you need to go deep in philosophy, but you also need to come back to surface and communicate it, about show and tell approach, and about much more. With this, it is my pleasure to bring you Dr. Leona Chandra Cruzé. Hi, Leona, and thank you for joining us in the SIGFIL podcast. I'm very happy that you are joining us in this podcast, and I think that we will have a very interesting, youthful discussion. And in this regard, I would just like to kindly ask you if you can say something about you before we start and something how you started with your philosophical experience and how this mixed with other experience that you have.
1: Mm-hmm. Hi First of all, thanks for having me here. You know, it's very kind of you, and I'm sure we will have a youthful discussion. So, um, I, 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 my name is Leona Chandra Cruza. I am a system professor at the University of Liechtenstein. Yeah. Uh, I, I was born in Indonesia, and I grew up there before moving to Europe. So I first got into philosophy during my undergrad study. So I studied psychology, yeah. and during that time, uh, we had to read Pears, Charles Sanders Pears, and yeah. William James, right, the father yeah. of psychology. Yeah. So I got into his works on, you know, the principles of psychology, a little bit on pragmatism because you know we had to understand the psychological parts more yeah. than the the pragmatism yeah 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 and then from there, you know, I also got interested into semiotics signs and and yeah. symbols, yeah. but these are not just the you know we we didn't only learn about pragmatisms and you know American pragmatisms, we no. also explored others, you know, so I got into courses on philosophical you know political philosophy and also, you know, philosophy of anthropology. So many different things to, that, that I have explored, right? But yeah. you
0: yeah. find the domain and put philosophy in front of it, and then it comes up philosophy of anthropology, philosophy of information systems, philosophy of psychology, etc. But I like that you mentioned that you went in the American uh, uh, um, uh, pragmatism in Pierce and uh, James, and do you... How, how this impacted you. It's an undergraduate studies, your psychology, that means that you needed to study them for the exam. When you need to study something for exam that you need, you go rather more in depth in these all aspects, et cetera. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we, we have to understand you know, the, the history of psychology uh, and a little bit about you know, the history of, of philosophy, philosophy of science, ethics, aesthetics, and yeah. others, or so even even philosophers of human nature, but, but not really in depth because we were yeah. not, you know, supposed to be trained philosophies. We were supposed yeah. to be trained psychologists. But the way that you know William James and many others, you know, have shaped us is in understanding why we measure something.
2: Yeah.
1: So when I study psychology, I, I I mostly did. Quantitative study. So we did a lot of statistics. So that was the the, the, our 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 strength in the past. But then there there, there came a point when we constructed uh, instruments, for instance, to measure intelligence. And then we had to translate it to to another language, right? To Indonesian, so that people also understand it and and can can respond to it. And then at, at at during that time, you know, we did a lot of you know psychometrics and then my colleagues and i my friends and i started to ask so why do we ma- we we measure intelligence or why do we measure these things right do we try to have an understanding of of their absolute truth so yeah. when, for example if i ma- we we measure intelligence uh, do we really are we really interested in the the absolute truth of you know how intelligent somebody is yeah uh, or, or something else. And then we, 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 we kept searching, we kept searching and then we, we, we read more, we discussed with the professor and then we found out that you know some of these uh, measurements are there for, for, for a purpose and sometimes yeah. good purpose. Yeah. So for instance, by knowing uh, the intelligence or maybe interests of, of students or of children then we may be able to differentiate them into different groups based on their interests, Yeah. right? Or even in, you know, maybe in HR or in organization psychology, people use the scores of the measurements to identify mm-hmm. the the best fit for, you know, for the candidates. Yeah. So it's it's all for for this purpose. It's, and it's not value free.
0: Yeah. But you you answered that. In in recognizing that our work or your work, et cetera, your studies were, let's say, um, instrumental in a way to achieve some support uh, to, let's say, uh, the goals like in organizations to better qualify the, the employees or the kids to be later, you know, better guided in um, choosing their career or improving their, uh, let's say, skill set, etc. You mentioned that at certain point you started asking why is this question why moved you around or because i why i ask this why i ask this why uh, is that a lot of <laughs> people start saying when when we were talking about philosophy it's the question that pushed us to move more deeps and you 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 just say why so i say why is why important and why it's important <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the why question yeah. uh, so you know so first we, we 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 asked why and then because we already learned what to do right what yeah. to do in constructing the the, 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 the instruments yeah. and also how to construct the instrument yeah. but then you know the the, the the sense was missing right the, the reason why we yeah. we did it that way so we started asking why and you know, to 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 me, you know, being uh, still in an inexperienced junior scholar, there are different ways to 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 answer why, but we we can look for you know the the, the absolute truth, right? We we can yeah. look further, and we believe there you know, there is a must be an absolute truth to that. We believe in pluralism, or you know we can also turn the question why into the question of what for, yeah, and. To me, you know, that's that's a useful way, and again, it's mathematisation, right? Instead of saying, you know, why we do we, we, we construct these measurements, then yeah. we, we change the question to what 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 are they good for? Yeah, right. And yeah. yeah, for understanding the interest and understanding the talents of uh, individuals, and to be able to find the the, the best job or maybe best yeah. uh, programs for them.
0: Yeah. So it's actually I I see that you are. Um inspired by the, 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 in your work, by pragmatism and that draw in, uh, let's say, from undergraduate. Is was this some, somehow reflected on your, let's say, postgraduate PhD studies, or you were, let's say, more uh, indirected to certain philosophies that are more maybe present in information systems or more impactful in a way?
1: Yeah well my my during my phd studies and in, even until now uh, i've been you know engaging myself within the design science research uh, yeah. field right yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, these, these communities so you know the, the question of design uh, is it, is very interesting to me yeah. um um so first first of course you know i i i I, I started with pragmatism, so what, what the design, what the information system is good for, right? And then and the, the value that is, that is embedded in it. But I also explored other avenues to, you know, to understand design and how to design and why we design. So recently when working with my colleague, David Agogo from Florida, we, yeah. we we got into philosophy of technology or philosophy of technique yeah but we we, we didn't dig, dig very deep into it but just enough to to understand you know the the, the reasons behind certain uh yeah. design yeah so for instance you know we came across arnold galen if you have yeah. heard of of him one of the you know one of he, he, he was in the, I think, in the same era. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a German uh, philosopher. And he, uh, so he, he, he the, one of the famous book is called uh, Der Mensch seiner Natur und seiner Stellung. And in yeah. this book, he explained uh, human beings as a deficit being. <laughs>
2: so the, the, yeah. the
1: question that he asked, you know, why? And how we we all need the, the technique. So in, yeah. in, by, by technique, he means he meant everything, right? It can yeah. be institution, environment, yeah. tools, and so on. Yeah. And since we are all born with deficits and weaknesses, for instance, yeah. we don't have fur to protect us from the cold weather. Yeah. Uh, we don't have sharp fang, nor sufficient yeah. speed and agility, right, to compete with other predators. Uh, but we do have well-fenh, uh, so world openness. Yeah, and we can we have we have the ability to to design to change the environment to yeah. for for our purpose. Yeah, and that's why human beings create all these you know technique what we call that technique yeah. uh, to for instance to to to. to to extend our capabilities, so to extend these deficiencies that we have, or to relieve our organs. So, let's say, you know, we we invented wheels to relieve our legs, right? Otherwise, we'll be tired running all day long, or even to substitute some of them. So, we cannot cut uh, stones, so, or you know, we we cannot, we cannot cut anything using our hands, but we yeah. we invented tools, you know, sharp stones to yeah. to, to do that. And yeah. um, so you know, there there are there are many different approaches to explore. And then from Galen, we also got into Marshall McLuhan, yeah. and and uh, then to the most recent one, right? Uh, Peter Peter Paul Verbeek on post phenomenology,
0: yeah. how
1: people use you know. The contemporary technologies and yeah. how they experience these technologies. so we, we explored all that, but it doesn't mean that you know we are we are experts in, in the philosophy. Yeah. I would rather call myself you know a consumer of philosophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't aim to contribute to philosophy because I'm still learning about different philosophies, yeah. but if I do have a, a question, or a problem, then I seek the help of you know philosophers or you know philosophy to yeah. to 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 address the the question.
0: Well, that is what I I just wanted to. What I sense is like you are again with the why question, and then you say, okay, why question? Maybe I can uh, answer it from certain stream of philosophy but that doesn't constrain me to explore other streams and other um, let's say options and opportunities that exist in order to um, how to say um, to enrich my knowledge in researching let's say um, um, certain problems so do you think that what is your experience in a way is it okay to fit a certain philosophical uh um, view towards certain problem and explore it from that philosophical view but maybe for the next problem you use different philosophical view in order to dwell what is your experience on that like for example you're working with your colleagues now with the philosophy of of technology which is related to philosophy uh, practicism but not to overlap and actually nobody says um, there is overlap or less or more. It's always individual, let's say, perception who overlaps with what.
1: Hmm. So I know there are different ways of doing it, but my, my own approach is to start, you know, don't, don't, I, I don't start with meta discourse about philosophy. So I don't start with a philosophy. Instead, yeah. I start with an observation, a phenomenon, yeah. a question or a problem. Yeah. Right. For instance, so now I'm I'm, I'm very uh I'm, I'm very passionate about wine tasting. I also attend yeah. the Academy of Wine and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a, you know to pursue the education to become a professional taster. And because of this passion, I'm I'm also interested in the digital fields of wine tasting. So how wine tasting has been digitalized and how it can be digitalized. And while looking into, you know, what has been done, what people have read about, have written about, even, you know, the, the basics on wine tasting, Emile Penault, for instance, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the uh, professor from uh, Bordeaux who wrote the, the book on wine tasting. And then, you know, while, while exploring all, all these works and then observing what's happening, and then came again the question, why, right? So yeah. why, for instance, why do we talk about wine?
2: Yeah.
1: Even though we do smell it differently, right? We taste wine differently. You know, it's a subjective experience. But we do we do talk about wine, yeah. and and why is it so? So you, you here you already see two different schools, right? On yeah. the one hand, it is you know the phenomenology. So I am the experience person, yeah. right? The experiencing person. This is my wine tasting. But as soon as I, I try to uh, convey my the, the codified you know yeah. the codified experience to another person or a group of, of people that it's no longer you know um, me as the center right the, of, no. of the conversation, but the, the the experience how to transfer this how to convey the message
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, well, you know, after asking all these why, why, why questions, I got into, you know, got back into semiotics. Yeah. So I used to read Umberto Eco and then his work with Sebeo. They also yeah. cited Sherlock Holmes a lot, right, in, yeah. their, in their work using these examples. And I said, well, maybe we can explain, you know, this, this process using yeah. semiotics.
0: Yeah, well, I I find your example with the the wine tasting and uh, drinking, I also relate to experience because I also drink, but not from purpose which you want to achieve, but what you said is very, to me, related to philosophy, where you say, okay, there are experts about philosophy, you know, and there are wine tasters, etc., but actually... The wine tasting is general process. It goes whenever you sit with people and they taste, they give different explanation of what the flavor is, what the texture might be, etc. And probably is the same with philosophy because it's very hard. Uh, my personal experience is that sometimes I read uh, some, the same book two, three times. Mm -hmm. and then uh and i i drink the same wine five six bottles till i get the taste you know (laughs) but the (laughs) idea is that you get actually you need to repeat this experience and when i talk with this on this book with somebody else we talk about the taste of the of the philosophy about how we perceive how we sense it but i notice that they sense it differently they understood it differently but again we we come back to this sensing and this talk about uh, uh, philosophy, although we understand that the flavors we identify might be a little bit different, might be a little bit, let's say, more um, fruity, might be a little bit more um, tree, something like that, or soil. Uh, I'm not an expert on wine tasting, but what I I I find this fascinating that you actually starting from wine you moved from philosophy, that is always a discourse of opinions, in a way, with sensing wine, which is again discourse of opinion uh, about is this very good or is this bad? Is this the true uh, flavor of the of, of the of the wine? So you are actually doing practical work with philosophy in uh, in wine wine. And can we expect that some of your experience could contribute, maybe not to um, to, to philosophy but to tasting the technology you know the sensing the technology in a way yeah because for example uh, I sense some social media with bitterness in my mouth you know but somebody mm-hmm. might face the same discussion with the flavor in their mouth and just feel happy that somebody's sharing this on the social media etc it's just absurd question from mine but Actually, what you do is, um, yeah, in a way, I find it quite interesting. And do you think that this could be somehow related further in, the, in philosophy or on used yourself? Because I see that you do not want to engage in meta discourse about philosophy. Do you think as a younger scholar, or uh, this is important not to engage in these meta discourses, but just stick to a certain philosophy, Within the paper, within the research, and then move forward and acknowledge maybe the deficiencies or let's say shortcomings or the constraints that this philosophy provides. What is your opinion? It? You're not so young, so you're not so old, but
1: <laughs> not so young, but not too old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, I think, you know, as as, as young scholars, yeah. and you know, generally when we start with something. It's it's a um, it's 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 sensible to show and tell instead of just tell,
2: yeah,
1: right. So when 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 it, it's better to, to to come with you know with with a phenomenon or a, a, an example to, to show hey there is an example and maybe and this is the the. the, the the way we can use philosophy to explain the example and then you, you give the context first and then the explanation and i find it i find it useful and also more you know e- easier to, to 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 be understood when 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 somebody starts with you know, a meta discourse first without giving concrete example, then it is generally more more difficult to understand, right? Yeah. So if you if you start with well the debate between Heidegger and Ernst Cassira yeah. or the, the debate between Habermas and Derrida, uh, for instance, yeah. right? And, and then you start with that right about it, but you know don't give don't, don't show show what, what it is good for. Yeah. Right, why 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 we do we need to know about this debate? Yeah. Then it, it it's 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 harder to grasp for, for for the audience. But again, it's it depends on the audience. If yeah. if if we I, target I, philosophers, then maybe we can start with a meta discourse.
0: I, I like your meta meta lens, which you use in a meta discourse between Heidegger and Derrida or Habermas etc and then you see what for then you use the pragmatism lens to say why what for I should engage in debating or clarifying the debate between this uh, this, this person so I find that you have yeah that this philosophy guides your uh, pragmatism more or less guides you in the uh, in, in your uh, research and um, let me Ask, how do you for example um, transfer this um, your philosophical sensing in a way let's say it's like that philosophical sensing I like the I like the, the term Beautiful. Uh, how, how do you uh, let's say transfer to your paper you write you about design science you actually wrote some papers and make some I think it's on the principles one of the papers etc. So how you actually or do you like what you say show and tell is it is it sufficient to constrain yourself of showing and telling about the philosophical positions in the papers what is what is your experience you work with yeah. some senior colleagues so but um, can you share the experience in exposing your philosophical uh Let's say mm-hmm. assumptions or uh, sensing. Let's say it sensing. Yeah,
1: sensing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I can talk a little bit about the design principles paper. So I do work with uh, Shirley Gregor and and Stefan Seidel's, and they they have both been you know very good mentors, excellent ones in, in guiding me through the work. But you know, what, what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about now is you know, entirely my own fault. So not to be linked back to that, right? They didn't teach yeah. me <laughs> to make this, to, 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 to say this. Um, so let, just just an, an example. So the design principles paper, I was interested in how designers, which means you know, all, 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 also you know, design science researchers can convey the knowledge that they have learned from their design project yeah. to other designers, or maybe yeah. also to practitioners, so to a community of designers. So that was the question. And there are different ways to, to, to answer the questions, right? Yeah. One is going into, you know, maybe passive, explicit knowledge, nonaka, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, so, so it means decodifying explicating the tacit yeah. knowledge that you have gained, things that, you know, usually don't talk about, but now you have to codify. So yeah. that's one, one way. Another way is to talk about different logic, yeah. prescriptive logic on, and, yeah. and others. So, and I also got a little bit into prescriptive logic, but then came the problem. So how do you, what is the, the good, the criteria criterion of goodness for a prescription? Let's yeah. say, hey Mialce, give uh, buy a, a green hat tomorrow. Yeah. And then, and then, when, 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 when will you say that you know I'm right about my prescription?
2: Yeah. Is it
1: when you really buy a green hat, right? Or, yeah. or whether you know by by buying the green hat. It 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 satisfies another requirement maybe that you yeah. you look you look good right that that yeah. that that's, uh, you will you will get more a lot of compliments with the good hat, and it's again becomes a prediction, and you know I and mean, when when I started to get a little bit deep into that and then I said well it's 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 not the way to start the the conversation. So yeah. imagine if I if I came up if I come with you know discourse on prescriptive logic the logic of action prediction yeah. and so on and then it's it is indeed a philosophical discourse but then in order to explain all these different logics and how it can be related to design principles uh, I I I tell more than I show. So yeah. I, I tell first, and then only maybe towards the end, I show a little bit, okay, now I'm going to talk about design principles. Yeah. So I, I found it, you know, it, it was a, a harder way. So instead, we, we, we went for an empirical way to, to, yeah. to address the question. So we, we look for, you know, how people have formulated design principles before in, in a basket of eight and then we analyze all this, you know, we did content analysis on the set yeah. of design principles and we found some, some patterns. And based yeah. on that, we, we theorize. Then, you know, the, we, we show first our, how it has been used and then we, we also show our analysis and then we can tell. Yeah. Maybe also using prescriptive logic, it can be used be using other, other uh, you know, other, other schools of thought. But that's what I mean by you know showing and
0: telling. yeah yeah. And do you do you when you let's say uh, what I what I notice is that like what is the difference between showing and telling is actually if you need to uh, tell the logics, you need to from very abstract level in order to bring it down to something let's say recognizable, I will not say practical, but I would say recognizable, yeah for the audience that will read the paper, that means you cannot make the leapfrog from, okay, this is the higher logic and Lipfrog because I have two pages to write, and this is how actually it's, uh, let's say, uh, recognizable or uh, can be can be used. But you need to spend 10 pages in order, because somebody might ask, okay, explain now this logic more, or you know, you forgot to read that paper, which criticized both of the schools, and you need to add that. And I like your, again, pragmatic approach. <laughs> <And> actually, <laughs> uh, just... Moving it out and then removing the need to make this uh, moving it from abstract to more recognizable uh, set of variables or or stand, etc. But by confronting, not but by showing first the context and making it probably familiar to the others and then supporting it by transparent methodology allows you to actually. I would say bottom-up contribution to the logic you know you say this is prescriptive logic and i made it this at the bottom so you understand it so if you want to philosophize or abstract it you can take this and then say how this contributes to other uh... i'm just trying to yeah. you know, I, I, I I don't know I, I try to summarize it to say it with the different words yeah so somebody is listening to us and i hope a lot of people thousands and thousands will listen <laughs> to us yeah, uh, to actually uh, give them a, a, a more or less description of this this process and if you if you think that that is the the the, the right way i think it's a very good uh, suggestion and based on your experience how you how you how, how does he actually doesn't and do you think it's important to you do this practically, but do you think it's also good to sometimes let your mind and uh, engage in this meta uh, uh, discourse and write some notes? Is, do you do this? And is it sometimes helpful for you to indent, identify? Like, how do you come with the philosophy of technology? You, how did you explore or somebody told you or you read somewhere something about this, your experience maybe?
1: Mm-hmm. So first of all, it was a it is a lovely summary. So thanks for that. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know it would be a, a, a psychoanalysis session. You know to show yeah, how I'm, colored <laughs> I am <yeah>. by pragmatism. <laughs> but I, I like that. I mean, and in fact now I am I'm, I'm convinced that yeah perhaps I'm I'm more colored than 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 I thought. <laughs> yeah, by <laughs> yeah, pragmatism. Yeah. And then second, so i don't know let me let me maybe ask a question to you right from mm-hmm. uh, as an a esteemed member of the Sickfield community
2: yeah
1: in, to which extent do we should we aim to contribute to the philosophy through our research mm-hmm. and why i'm asking this is again because earlier i said i consider myself as a consumer of philosophy so i i use philosophy uh, in my research to explain, you know, to help me as a as a lens, right, in viewing a, a, a phenomenon. Yeah. But uh, until now, you know, I I I haven't been able to, or I haven't started, you know, the effort to contribute back to 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 the philosophy, because I think, you know, so far I have only been applying, right, not not, yeah. not extending. But what, what is your opinion on that?
0: okay yeah, so now we out. have the, the reverse psychology yeah <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> well, I, when i when I, when we agreed to do uh, this uh, podcast it was normal to expect that the psychologists will actually make a session on me just to, <laughs> to get my opinion and i'm just joking well <laughs> i cannot talk about the sick uh, community and you know i, I try to in the uh, in the podcast, not to impose my view to the colleagues with which I talk and etc. But to be honest, nobody actually ever asked me what I uh, think. So you're the first one actually who asked me what I think. And, uh, you know, my, my opinion, and you, you need to take in account, I'm, uh, I'm from Macedonia, I'm um, from a good university, the good faculty, but I don't feel the pressures that my colleagues like you in Liechtenstein or in USA or in Asia, I don't know, where they feel the pressure to publish. You know, They feel the pressure to uh, provide contribution. And higher you go on the ladder of top universities and top institutions, this pressure is much higher. I, I was in ICS several years, not several, but many years ago on one uh, junior faculty workshop and when I was there, I was saying to myself, because I came with a grant and I I still don't have a level journal, a star journals, publications, etc. I published top-level conferences, but I'm and I saw there young people like me, they were under extreme pressure to publish, you know, and to I need to publish an MI quarterly or an ISR or at least a basket of eight, you know, things like this. And I was saying, first time in my life, I'm happy that I'm in Macedonia, (laughs) (laughs) enjoying my academic. uh, And I work, but not under such stress. And why I'm telling this is because even if you want to 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 publish about meta discourse or make a full back to the philosophy, general philosophy discourse, that means that you need to write a lot and read a lot, you know. And very often you find only one or two papers in five years that you publish, and that is not sufficient. But, and I understand this, but on the other hand, I see information systems and why I'm fascinated by information systems field is that we are touching every aspect of our life, of of every life, of every part of the society, everything, everything of the environment, we're touching everything. And I, my opinion is that I, in, that ICE information system scholars, need to, let's say, make the leap to start talking about the big topics, you know. And at the end, my perception is that when you're talking about the big topics, your suggestion doesn't need to be clear. You know, if you see, if you read all these philosophies in uh, Heidegger and, and Derrida or Pierce etc. if you see, if you read Pierce, he changes his mind every eight years, you know? So he, <laughs> he, he writes something and then, and then now we spent one century after him thinking what he was meaning to say when he wrote that and is this definition etc. And my, my idea is that if we want to, uh, to uh, move our field, we start, we need to, Talk about these big topics. And this is how sociology did it. They started talking about big topics. They started making we are like structuration theory. We're still talking what he means about this, etc., but it has a broad impact. And I think that scholars from information systems mainly see them as consumers uh, and of philosophy. And not maybe in the podcast, but very often what I talk, they don't see the, the need to move. In, uh, in a bigger, uh, uh, let's say, talk in a way, and I think that what you said here, it's trying to answer the question why, yeah. that will actually uh, push some people to explore this uh, uh, more philosophical, more, let's say, not clear topics, and one thing is like what i like is if you see all the main philosophy they're not published in journals they published in books because the review process is much easier you you can write whatever you want in the book and then give it to the general public to the scholars and they start taking it and uh, and, uh, reading it so in my way it's um i started thinking about the big topics i i I submit some papers but i always get uh reject and resubmit and Mm -hmm. that is like take and if I'm like in Liechtenstein or in other university that will be very bad for my academic uh, career. But here in Macedonia we have more freedom to explore these things for longer time because our requirements for promotion are not very demanding, which is a nice thing and in another way a bad thing because you don't uh, publish. So in a way my thing is how much time you have. But what I noticed, you know, is like when you're younger, you say, okay, I'm going to find an empirical event, I'm going to look that from certain lenses, certain lenses, it might be uh, critical realism, it might be pragmatism, it might be postmodernism, it might be something else that maybe it's fun, more interesting in the beginning now, or it's more trendy now, etc. And then you find an interesting event, look at from emerging uh, paradigm, and you get a nice paper and you publish it, you know? But if you, I don't know in which, uh, the major things like, if you see in the, all major things in eyes which are raised in the questions in the 2000s, they're not answered, you know? People are just saying, for example, now you have artificial intelligence. So it's a very good domain. And you say, yeah, artificial intelligence, but I'm going to look from pragmatism. I'm going to look from critical realism. I'm going to look post, and they don't need to say that, but they are just finding it. And who comes first? Gets the race of publish it, and then he gets the race of getting stations. You know? And at the end of the day, to a lot of top level institutions, this is what uh, matters. So, in a way, I think that um, we should try to go for the bigger issues, and uh, let's say, and be more ambiguous in in our, let's say, suggestions, so to allow other fields to build on our shoulders that we promote so this is my opinion but i don't want to take the podcast uh uh <laughs> with this but uh, you 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 made the trick and that's probably with the psychologist uh, trick that <laughs> i ask you now you talk and uh, i say okay that is that is acceptable but what do yeah. you think is in in a way uh when we are talking about let's say um uh, philosophical aspects and you are more or less um, about pragmatism and you get you write about pragmatism in your paper and do you feel that you need to strongly say that or you should say you already mentioned show and tell yeah? Yeah, t- t- uh, in a way but do you think that this should be always explicitly stated in the paper? Well, i'm taking the the role from pragmatism. And because Peer said these types of logic, uh, abductive, uh, retroductive and uh, deductive and all these things. And this is why I'm going to, or you're going to say, okay, somewhere I mentioned Peer's but if it's needed, I can explain it. But I will just say that I'm, I'm going to mention it to m- make sure that people know I'm aware about it and I understand it. So what what, mm. what, what is your experience on this?
1: So, I, I have done, done both. So, in the recent paper that I, uh, you know, the, the ISIS paper with uh, Stefan and Alexander Meche, mm-hmm. uh, we talk about different levels of digital representation. So, we try to extend the notion of you know, information systems representing a focal phenomena uh, to, you know, the idea of information systems as, you know, a representation of articulated meaning. Uh, which can, yeah, we, we, which can follow different uh, avenues, yeah. and these avenues are inspired by semiotics. Yeah. So I I, I, I mainly read Thomas Sebeok and, and also pairs, you know, the firstness, yeah. secondness, thirdness, and and all these things, yeah. and and we focus on you know three different types of sign: icon, yeah. index, and, and and symbols. Yeah. So in in, in this sense. It, it is necessary to, to first talk a little bit about what semiotics is and to define a sign according yeah. to sebeo or to, to pairs. Yeah. And in, in this way that I, I stated you know, clearly that this is you know, inspired by semiotics. But there are also other, other other ways of doing that. So when writing papers about a design about design science research project. Yeah. then I, I, I myself, I personally don't, don't feel the, the necessity to have a dedicated subsection on, on pragmatism. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's sufficient to, to show how we evaluate the u- utility of, yeah. of the system, for example, of the design artifact. And, you know, and, and then explain you know, what we mean by utility and then how we can operationalize this utility yeah. And people already know it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's pragmatism. It's not about, you know, the absolute, you know, mathematical truth of, yeah. you know, the, the artifact. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, th- what you say is, for example, what for, you know? So depending of what for the paper should achieve, you measure how much you include philosophy in this, uh, in this, this discussion. And what I noticed, you know, Let's say I'm not going to say older, but I'm going to say more mature are my previous uh, uh, Sigfil podcast uh, guests. And very often you hear them, they say, Well, I was working 20, 30 years ago with some people and they helped me. And what I see is like with you and the talk, it's happening right now. You know, it's a, uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, process that is happening now that you're working with uh, other colleagues that are, let's say, some of them were part of the of the podcast. And you're working with them. Uh, And my question is like, now, not, if you don't, you can be extremely polite in in the answer, no problem. But I want to say, instead of getting from the other colleagues, how it was, I want from you to hear how it is to work with senior colleagues, while you're um, trying to tackle these philosophical issues and trying to publish uh, uh, papers in um, that touch to some philosophical issues in top level conferences and in uh, journals. So now, it's w- what is your sensing? What is your experience in this and in contribution? Not for publishing generally, but for philosophical discourse. You. You have.
1: Oh, my sensei is to embrace pluralism
2: yeah.
1: and you know remain curious and, and open to new perspectives. Yeah. Um, you know I have learned it from my parents since my childhood that you know we, we need to stay humble and, yeah. and modest. It doesn't yeah. matter how much we have, how much we know. There's we still there are still things that we don't know. Yeah. So even even though sometimes I'm sure about my my approach, right? And yeah. sometimes I I did argue with, with 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 my mentors, and you know, oh God, uh, thank God they're they're they are very they are very uh, constructive and developmental, you know, because <laughs> it's not easy to to work with a rebel like me. Yeah. Uh, even though sometimes I, I was sure, but then I, I I kept you know re remembering this uh uh what what my 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 parents taught me you know stay mm. modest, stay humble, and sometimes if you think you know better, you 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 don't you don't show it, and mm. then after that I learned that you know of course I didn't know better you know of course I I have I I I learned it each time you know I had a debate a conversation with. Senior scholars with colleagues, or even with with uh, junior colleagues, with with yeah. students or PhD students. Now, I I, I learned something new, and it's 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 nice, right? So it's 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 always you know taking and giving back. Yeah. So I get something from them, I I learn from them, and I can I can I can use it for my development, and then I can give it back. You know, I can feed it back to the to the to the community.
0: Yeah. And in this regard, because you have a positive experience, do you think that, for example, some type of structuring and like, uh, well, you are initiating research ideas, etc. And then you come up and say, like for the semiotics, you know, like this paper which we're discussing, and then you, you say to them, okay, well, I know a lot about these things. I have learned it and I have studied it and I have re- read and written about it. Uh, do you think we can use it? And th- it goes like ping pong with your colleagues and discussions with the senior, younger. So it's uh, I'm, I'm just trying to, let's say, explicate some normal day about how we st- include these philosophy aspects in the, in the talk. Because for example, if, I, if, if you do not have colleagues around you with philosophical thinking or discussion or understanding, this might be harder so because you have them around you and you work with them. So if you can say how, how this is done, let's say it in a way, if there is no general, let's say, uh, pattern, then it's okay. It just haphazardly happens and we talk because we see each other at the coffee machine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So one time, you know, I, I I see what you mean. So one time a mentor told me, you know, I was so deep into reading about, I think, about prescriptive logic. And I was so deep that when I talk, you know, it didn't make sense at all. So how could I sell this idea? I could, I could, I convince people that I know about these things. It didn't make sense. I was just so deep. I kept, I just, I just talk in, you know, in in phrases and then really, really weird. And then uh, this mentor told me, okay, you you have, you know, you have, you are deep in it. Now you have to come back to the surface to be able to communicate the the message that you have learned because it's it's you know working together collaboration is also about communication, and I think sometimes you know all of this ping pong you know back and forth trying to convince back and forth, uh, you know, exists because of you know the lack of communication or because simply sometimes you are just too deep in our thoughts that we 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 forget how to communicate it effectively so that Mm -hmm. others understand and are willing to adopt our our ideas or our suggestions
0: yeah well that's that's nice thing you go in your own world and then you need to come back to the real real world yeah in a way to (laughs) uh To convey the message, and um, what I see is that very much it like if you read peers, yeah, there's so many books, etc. And you take only certain aspects, and you need to communicate it to people that have not read anything about it, you know. And this, this, yeah, coming back to the surface and explaining it in a in a, in a simple, uh, not simple, but more or less understandable. Uh, uh, Form is uh, in a way. So, so I see this like some advice in a way. And can I, let's say, um, move in that. What, what, what is your advice? No? So you, you have a colleagues that uh, have the same position or younger. We will not give advice to seniors. Sometimes <laughs> we should give them an advice. But okay, in this podcast, we will restrain from that. But what is what if you go now on ISIS, and you meet colleagues and they heard the podcast and they ask you like yeah what we should do now what is european what will you say to them
1: Mm -hmm. so uh, with regard to philosophy i would say read other schools of thought uh, which you haven't learned about which you haven't applied in your work so it's good to to explore different schools of thought in order to make informed decisions, in order to to be able to relate to others when 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 having a conversation about about a topic, right? So when when when, for instance, I I I've only read only only pragmatism. I haven't read anything about the reader and then about. Let's say I don't know about
2: uh, Augustine,
1: right? Yeah, Habermas, mm-hmm. or even Augustine about critical, uh, t- critical school, right? Yeah. And I, I, I communicate with people from different schools of thought. So how can I relate to them? I mean, how to find, you know, the 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 common language? Yeah. So I think we we all need to to explore in 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 different directions. Not not to say that we don't stay faithful faithful to what we, we believe in, right, to the, to the school that we subscribe ourselves to, but also to know, you know, what's, what's out there and then to be able to, 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 to communicate uh, and even to convince people about our own stance. And the second, uh, what I would su- suggest is to, again, to show and tell, not yeah. just tell, not just talk about, you know, big things and then abstract ideas, but also to sometimes come down and, and give concrete examples. So it's all yeah. about communicating our ideas clearly, like the title of uh, Pear's book.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that is... I like your suggestion, show and tell, and I think it's very pragmatic. So you know, and I would say another, you walk the talk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you walk
0: the talk. Yeah. So in a way, you don't say, um, "Well, this should be." Um, I, I, I practice pragmatism, and I think this, etc. But look, I this is what I preach, but this is not what I do. So you walk, uh, walk the talk, and. In this walk, the talk, and let's say coming to the, um, to the future because you will be part of this field for many years. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that you will not change fields or engage and explore other options, but you will be probably part of this field for some time. Um, what is your, I always try to, to bring this discussion with everybody. What is your opinion about the future of the field? Because I think one of the guests said, yeah, we are not within five years, we will be part of the boards, we will organize conference, we will be part of editorials, etc. So you will create the discourse present in the ICE field in a way. Maybe not create, but definitely participate. So what is your, let's say, opinion about the future of information systems? What is we discussed about should we make a contribution to the philosophy. You know, you didn't answer it. I answered it, but you can also reflect on uh, uh, on that. So, where where we where we go? Yeah? Mm-hmm. How we become uh, more impactful, or do we need to become more impactful? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so this uh, this year, twenty twenty one, I. Uh, I was uh, a program co-chair together with, with Stefan Seidel for the international conference on design science research so Desris yeah. and we chose the theme you know of the next wave of socio technical design
2: yeah
1: so we we i i personally believe we need to embrace you know, again, this notion of, you know, the social subsystems and technical subsystems, you know, the, to, yeah. to bring the both, you know, in, in an equal importance. Yeah. And if it were up, if, if it was up to me, you know, to, to shape the discourse, I would like to see, you know, more emphasis put on humanity, you yeah. know, the meanings of being human. Especially when engaging with uh, digital technologies, mm. and I'm I'm already starting uh, doing works in, in this field. Right? So still so at the beginning with this digitalizing wine tasting, multisensory yeah. experience. So this uh, multisensory experience is heavily uh, inspired by uh, Charles Spence's work. Yeah, so he he was also he's also our keynote speaker at, at the conference. Uh, so so things you know about aesthetics experience when when engaging with uh digital technologies i think you know it it, it has been uh, explored
2: yeah.
1: uh especially in terms of hedonistic or leisure uh, activities using ias hedon i think i think uh, uh hedonistic uh information systems that there are some 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 streams of work like that but I would like to see more research done in, you know, aesthetic experience, the the yeah. meaning of you know being humans. Yeah. So, when I encountering technologies, human
0: <laughs> actually brings art in the equation. you know, uh, it brings enjoyment. You know, it doesn't probably need. It brings fantasy. You know, and I always say like a lot of sci-fi movies uh, and books actually contributed to say science can make this in you know this direction etc so in this way do you think that like socio-technical and uh, let's say should not be looked from only more rational perspective you know because the, the socio-technical subsystems and their interactions are getting more from rational perspective we if we i had one feedback from some editor said why is this better than the rational approach you know so now Mm -hmm. i'm sensing that like you're saying well it's not developer but it's artisan you know like if i put it in design science it's not developer but it's an artisan and do, do, I'm just trying to understand They're it. designers, yeah. 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 Cre- cre-
1: creative activities. Yeah. yeah. Well, for that, you know, I coincidentally, you know, I have a quote by uh, James, William James, in his book.
0: Yeah. So
1: let me read it to you. Science must be constantly reminded that her purposes are not the only purposes and that the order of uniform causation which she has used for and is therefore right in postulating may be enveloped in a wider order or on which she has no claims at all um, so i think you know following james we we, we should also remind ourselves that you know our way is not the only way yeah and in de- in, and define our our way it, our way can be you know the rational approach to 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 viewing things it's not the only way even in in yeah. decision making you have rational decision making but there's yeah. also other right expert decision making intuition yeah. many many scholars have also looked into that you know the the yeah. non rational aspect of yeah. decision making and yeah i like what you said earlier you know more more yeah more more fantasy seeing also ourselves as, as artisans and you know the, the last thing that i hope for you know i hope that we can embrace uh, a synergy between science technology and arts yeah because you know yeah. we, with this synergy we can become stronger we can we can understand more and maybe create a better future for for yeah. us all
0: you know i will just ma- a little bit reflection by myself you know i'm I, I'm always um, fascinated by this story. It might not be true, but it's uh, actually nice uh, thought uh, which you have. You know this. I, I read a lot of science fiction books and watch mainly only science fiction movies. And you know these Star Trek movies in the uh, in the series uh, in the in the beginning, and they had this you know these doors that open like this, which you now see in every shopping street, etc. like opening from one end to the others. And they were made by Star Trek because the set for making the movie was very small. So they couldn't open the door like normal door in your house, you know, open it. And (laughs) then, so they needed to find a way to make a door but not to waste their scene space, which they have. And they come up with this idea that the door will be withdrawn, uh, split in the middle, withdrawn (laughs) in the boat. People cannot see it because we are shang- showing now with the hands, etc. <laughs> uh,
1: the limit of language.
0: The limit of language. <laughs> and that is, uh, they, and you know, you could expect that there is a mechanism, etc. But no, in the beginning, what they they put two persons on the on both ends. So if somebody, Captain James Kirk, was coming in the in the main room of the space shuttle, they will just by hand pull the two doors, the doors will open, and then they will put push the doors by human force to close them. And that initiated people to start thinking how new type of doors will be made. And that is why sometimes I see that if we do not take the risks of art as you, uh, you, you, uh, we talk, mm-hmm. uh, then we are failing to get in uh, information systems autopsy. You know? Because the technology is changing very fast and we explore what is happening over there. But imagine that if we imagine it, that there will be my son playing a game that actually creates a virtual world over there, which is invented completely and doesn't represent anything. So what is the representation theory of information systems? And that impacts which dresses he buys in this game, which weapons he buys in this game, how he communicates with the others, what style his avatar represents uh, over there, etc. And these things, I think that we can achieve them if we are less, uh, how to say... Rigid. Rigid, yeah. Uh, Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) Very nice. And that we should be as academics, free to fail because in the information systems, all this innovation is happening, it's thanks to a lot of failures of a lot of people in the business, you know, they fail constantly, but we always want to represent the truth with our uh, uh, research. So, I raise my glasses for that. (laughs) (laughs) I join you. And I hope that uh, we will be seeing each other somewhere and in the world and taste uh, wine. In Macedonia, we have a very good wine. So if sometimes we organize European or international conference in information systems in Macedonia, you will not be invited as a scholar, but as a main sommelier that will actually show how information systems scholars should enjoy a good wine.
2: <laughs> oh, lovely,
1: I'd love to. <laughs> Look forward to the invitation. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, the invitation is always open. I hope the COVID will overcome, but um, Leona, it was a pleasure talking with you. And I think that what you have said uh, gave a very fresh uh, uh, perspective to philosophical issues that people face. And I think that uh, with your knowledge, and I would say also experience and uh, Combination of different types of experience, which I like it very much with the wine uh, sensing, can provide more inspiration to um, younger scholars in, uh, let's say, in their scholar endeavors and finding their place. If you want to say uh, something, if you want to, did I didn't ask, just please feel free to, to, to say it.
1: Mm. Yeah, I would like to thank you uh, Mialche for having me here for inviting me to be part of your you know lovely podcast series and also for the brief psychoanalysis session earlier with you <laughs> where you <laughs> uncovered <laughs> my colored nature <laughs> and also for you know for giving me space to to fantasize to philosophize and also to to envision you know what i what i would like to have in the in the future or uh, in in my academic career so thank you so much for that
0: i'm happy that the podcast is not going to be only valuable for our listeners but it's also very valuable uh, to you but that is because you made the contribution to it and i highly appreciate that and just a small note at the end you are the first person that pronounced my name from the first time in perfect pronunciation. So it's actually, (laughs) my name is also very old in Macedonia, but you pronounce it perfectly. And Leona, with this, I would like to thank you one more time for participating in the the podcast. And I wish you a lot of success with your uh, career.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.